All right, base camp. We are on week four of our training program. Um, this is where we really get started with uh, some of the serious work. I think the first three weeks were primarily an opportunity for you to get your feet wet, get an idea of what we were doing from a training perspective, get a flow for the number of days over the week you're running, know where your long runs are sitting, getting to understand that there's a quality session, a speed economy session, and a long run and how they play in, and then where your easy runs sit and fit in around them. So at this point, we want to start to add a little more quality to the quality. And the way we're going to do that this first session is in this session in week four is to start with hill repeats. So hill repeats are a session that most base building plans probably wouldn't include in a training cycle. Um, why is that? Because they many base building phases are trying to minimize the amount of time that you spend in an anaerobic zone or without oxygen or when you start to accumulate lactic in your body because your body doesn't have the ability to get rid of the amount of lactate it drops into your bloodstream and then your body wants to take and diffuse it out. And so that accumulation sort of starts an entire cycle physiologically that begins to get the body ready to get, uh, to get serious about training. And so um, how that functions is pretty complicated physiologically uh, and I always think it's just easier psychologically to kind of think of it as once you start doing anaerobic work, the engine starts and you're starting to really get focused on intense training. And so that's why a lot of times you'll hear in a base phase, don't do any quality work, don't do any speed work. Um, and I agree with that generally, uh, just from the perspective of we don't want to do a lot of work at those paces without having adequate recovery and recuperation from each interval. Um, and so, so I do understand the thinking. However, I think it's a pretty drastic and unnecessary step. My view is what happens when people start to do hard anaerobic work is that they get into a mindset. Like I said, the engine starts and their mind starts to pull them towards being more acquisitional with their training, having bigger goals, start focusing on that goal as a must-do work and run specific paces in order to get ready for it. And for us, we're really not in that space. Um, I think a lot of the negatives that come about being in an anaerobic place um, come from all of the intent decisions that happened after that, how your body intent, how your mind intends to use that work. And so you start working more acquisitionally. So if you can keep in mind that what we're doing here is just stressing your body to teach it how to handle stress, um, and hills are a fantastic way to do that. So I think that hills are absolutely critical and crucial to any running program. And so it's best to get acquainted with them as soon as we can within a plan, which is why we see them at week four in my programming. So how we fold them into the program is all about understanding what hill running is trying to accomplish. So when we run a hill, what are we trying to achieve? Well, we get, we're trying to get more endurance, mostly anaerobic endurance. We're trying to work on the components that will create speed. Um, that happens by harder push-off. As you're running up a hill, you have to push off the ground harder in order to keep your momentum moving forward up the hill. So that creates the kind of neuromuscular recruitment patterns that will encourage speed to happen. Power is also achieved. That It's the same exact concept, that the more... 
um, coiled strength your body has to use neuromuscularly to push yourself off the ground. That power um, is a direct, direct causal form of the speed. Create the power creates the speed that makes you faster. Um, also, working on hill work makes you more economical. So because you have to work harder to get up a hill with your mechanics, your when you run on flatter sections, you use less energy, less effort, and you're more you have greater economy. And then generally, there's this sort of other attendant benefit that comes from doing um, overall uh, from doing hill work is that you get a general overall strength benefit. And this is both physiological and psychological. Um, the physiological part is that you're stronger. You're able to, your arms have to work harder. Your legs have to work harder. Your feet have to work harder. All of your body, your lungs have to work harder. You're, uh, you, it's just harder to run up a hill. So you get stronger from doing it. And then the psychological piece is resilience. You become more psychologically prepared for any hill that comes up and also for any other challenges that come up on your runs, whether you have to speed the pace up or if you head up a hill um, you're much more equipped with the skill sets and physiologically and psychologically to benefit from those things. And then finally, the other reason we run hills is just so that we can be better at running hills. Almost every race that you run, almost every condition that you run, find yourself in, you're going to end up running hills at some point in time. And it's my experience that the more hills you do, the much better you are at them. For example, folks who run the Boston Marathon, I have a number of folks, myself included, who are preparing for the Boston Marathon. And my suggestion for them for the last few weeks has been in any run that you're doing, both easy run and long run and hard quality workout, be sure that you're constantly adding in some undulating terrain, some uphill and some downhill, so that you can be prepared physiologically and psychologically for what's going to happen on race day because Boston is um, a downhill course, but it runs up and down the whole way. It rolls all the way down. And then there's some really tough hills from 16 to 21 or so. Um, and then there's a really hard, fast downhill at the end at, at 21 or 22. So being prepared for hills physiologically and psychologically happens by doing them. So let's move on to the workout itself. How are we implementing these hill repeats? So the first thing you need to do is find a hill. Um, not too short, not too long, not too steep, but also not flat. Don't worry too much about the hill you choose being a perfect hill, okay? Because every hill has its special qualities and challenges, and you will definitely get work done um, and all the work that you need to get done from the session. So just find a hill that you like. Maybe it's one that you've driven or run in the past or that people talk about in your neck of the woods as a challenging hill. If you need to find a hill, you could go to your local running shoe store or ask around at your running group, what hill do they run? What you're looking for basically is something that's 200 to 400 meters long. So half a lap to a lap around the track in distance, or that would take about one to three minutes to get to the top of if you were running at a relatively easy pace. Okay. Um, so that's how, and, and the other thing is, is you doesn't really matter whether your hill is um, a, a consistent grade going straight up or if it undulates, moves up and down along the way. That's not um, a big deal. We're just going to run this hill. Um, so what you just want to do is make sure it's about the duration that we're looking for and that there is challenge to it, that it's not too easy and not too, too hard, okay? 
Um, one of the keys is again, that if you create a, if you choose a hill that's super steep, you're going to get thrown into really significant anaerobic space. Um, you're going to have a hard time getting oxygen because your body is working so hard to run up the hill. So we really don't want that. If you can choose something, um, that's pretty gradual, that would really, really help. So for some of you, you may be living in a place like Houston or some other location where it's flat everywhere around you. If that's the case, um, or for whatever reason, based on travel or weather or whatever you need to, other conditions that might play out, you may need to use a treadmill. Um, the protocol for a treadmill is, again, a 200 to 400 meters on your hill, and you want to place that hill incline somewhere around of 4%. You can do 3 or 4 or 5%. 6, 7, 8% begins to get to be too challenging, in my opinion, but you can play with that as well. You're going to do a hill rep workout this week, and then you'll do a hill rep workout again in eight weeks. We'll also be adding some hill series, one in two weeks and another um, on week 10. And so you want to um, just, you'll be getting uh, a variety of different hill options coming up. So whatever we do this week is just testing a hill for um, better execution for it in week eight, okay? So we're doing hill repeats this week, not a hill series. And hill repeats means that you're running to the top of the hill and then you're walking or jogging back down to the bottom of the hill and repeating. You're going to do a few repetitions of this. What we're really looking for is to do a warm-up of about one mile and then a cool-down of about one mile. And then you're going to do two miles worth of up and downhill, okay? So if your hill is 400 meters long, then you would be going up as 400, down as 800, and you would be doing that four times to get a total of two miles. If your hill is 200 meters long, then you would be doing it a total of eight times. 200 meters up the hill, 200 meters down the hill, 200 meters up the hill, 200 meters down the hill, okay? We're looking for a cumulative run distance on the hills up and down, of about two miles with a one-mile warm-up and a one-mile cool-down. So how do you run a hill? So the most important thing that you want to be thinking about when you run hills is to relax. I think this is the critical and crucial mistake almost everybody makes, whether they're beginners, intermediate, or advanced-level runners. There's something about when somebody approaches a hill that they think they have to get ready for it. Well, you do have to get ready for it, but that getting ready is to relax, take a deep breath, Relax your face, relax your necks, re relax your neck, relax your shoulders, relax your arms. You can even just let everything drop and sort of run, um, run flow willy-nilly as you approach the hill. And as you start the hill, you want to take a deep breath in and out and then start. And for our situation, this first time, all we're going to do is just run up the hill, okay? Simply run to the top of the hill, and then you'll walk or jog back down. It's simple, but it's not easy, okay? So some other tips. Keep running, but slow down. So if you find that as you're running up the hill, it's your effort starts to go up way too high, and you're like working very, very hard, slow down, okay? Slow down as far as you need to. We are not running hard up the hill. We're doing hill repetitions, but we're running easy up the hill, easy down the hill, easy up the hill, easy down the hill. Now, of course, when I say easy up the hill, running up the hill by itself may create a space in which you're working hard. 
but you don't want to be thinking about executing a fast, hard push up the hill. Just let running up the hill be the challenge that you're seeking and let it be enough. Okay, we're trying to get those that neuromuscular recruitment pattern rolling. We're trying to get you used to the kind of different efforts that you'll have as you run up a hill. So keep running, but slow down. So if for some reason you can't keep running because the hill is too steep or your fitness doesn't allow you to do it, then walk all the way to the top. Okay, once you make the decision to walk, walk all the way to the top of it, then turn around and walk or jog back down. You probably do not need to walk back down if you've walked on the hill. You probably can just jog back down the hill because you will have had enough recovery and having run, walked up the hill will be significantly easier than running up it. So did I say relax? I want to make sure you know that you stay relaxed on this hill. We're not trying to run fast up it. We're simply trying to run up it and keep as loose and as smooth as you can. Don't lean forward. Don't lean back. Just try to keep as normal, basic running mechanics that you normally have, okay? Stay tall. Drive your elbows back. When you push off the ground, don't be afraid to get your knees to, to, to push up as well. And if you need to force more power on a hill, I, I recommend that the way that you create more force and create more strength or power running up a hill is pushing off the ground harder and driving your elbow back. You can play with that a little bit if you would like to. But again, mostly what I want to do here is just acquaint you with the hill. Run up the hill, run back down. Run up the hill, run back down. So next, in two weeks, I mean in eight weeks, we will be, I mean, sorry, in week eight, <clears throat> which is basically, I think, four weeks from this week, you will be working a little harder on the same hill, or if your hill doesn't work in this one, then you'll be locating a new one. Um, and we'll work harder on the hill. So just think about it this week as just acquainting yourself with the hill that you want to run, getting an idea of the efforts that you need to put in and what it feels like to run up it. So pay special attention to your body's signals when you're running up the hill. It's crucial to listen to your breathing. That's the first and most important thing. What's happening with your breath? Can you control your breathing or is your breathing becoming very ragged and uncontrollable? If it's ragged and uncontrollable, slow down. If it's in a steady rhythm but it's getting harder, that's okay. Just be sure that you back off a little bit to see how you can modulate your effort. You want to have the ability to pay attention to what your body's signaling and make adjustments that you need to. This will allow you to know when you're pushing too hard and will also allow help you get to understand how your legs and your arms are operating on the hill. What's happening biomechanically? What's going on? Pay attention. Scan your body. Scan your experience. Because what happens on a hill is different than what happens when you're running on flat ground. And I want you to pay attention to it. All right? That's the biggest thing we're doing here. Instead of intending on pace or effort, intend on listening to your body as it's climbing up the hill. What's happening? What's going on with it? Can you notice the signals it's take, giving you? And can you stay relaxed and calm with the signaling that's going on? So your body handles running uphill differently than the flats, but it also handles running downhill differently as well. So please pay attention to how your body handles running downhill. Does it feel like a lot of pounding? Are you recovered by the time you reach the bottom of the hill from the exertion of climbing of, the, of running up the hill? All of this is very important to paying attention to in the workout, okay? Please, the one assignment I have for you this week, other than doing the work, 
is to get on the Facebook page and let us know how your experiences were in doing the hill reps. What happened? What went on? That will allow me to be uh, to be at m- myself and um, Loretta and um, Tracy to have a better idea of how to help you modulate what's going on and and give you more insight and more one-on-one um, attention about that. Okay. All right. Our next workout is our next um, aspect of training is our speed economy this week. We are repeating week two's straights and curves. Okay. So you're going to do two times one mile of straights and curves. Again, these are a bread and butter workout for Telos. Very similar to your strides, but you're implementing them a little bit differently. <clears throat> we want to do a 15 minute to a 20 minute warm up to a track. And then you're, it's easiest to do this workout on a track, but you can also do it on the road. You guys understand this workout, I think. If not, then feel free to ask questions or go back and listen to um, week two's podcast because I discuss much more um, about what goes on. Now, one of the things that I noticed in your recounting of your experience doing the straights and curves the last time was some of you felt like you went too hard at the start. Just remember, because you're doing two times one mile, you'll do one mile, which is basically four laps or eight accelerations and eight dropping of acceleration, going eight straights where you pick up the pace, eight curves where you run easy. You'll get five minutes rest between each of those where you just stand around or jog, whatever you choose to do, and you'll do it again, all right? Just remember that you can always pick it up later as you go along, But if you get it going too fast too soon, you'll go into the anaerobic zone and you'll have to work much harder. We're trying to minimize the amount of time you spend in the anaerobic zone. Number one, because we don't want to start this process of really serious focused training um, from a goal perspective. And number two, we're trying to make sure that your body stays recover, gets is able to recover from these sessions and feels comfortable and smooth in doing them. We're helping you gain facility and comfort in your run not trying to pound and hammer away to make you into a fitter runner. Your greatest amount of fitness is going to be gained just by running easy and doing these workouts in a relaxed and smooth and consistent way, okay? So for this week's long run, the 30 30 to 40 miles per week macro has a six to eight mile easy run. The 40 to 50 per week build macro is eight mile long run. And our 50 to 60 mile per week group has 10 miles easy. Now I'll remind you on your long runs that if you feel like at any point in time this week is too big of a stretch or that last week's was really hard, you're welcome to repeat last week's session. Just repeat the distance you did last week and then each week will give you the option to jump it up two miles or to hold. Jump it up two miles or hold. That's the way I like to progress this stuff. Give yourself a body to give yourself your chance, your body a chance to stretch and push and gain some um, greater experience for being out for two more miles, but then also giving yourself the grace and the freedom and the flexibility to back off a little bit and just find where you're at this week with the stresses that you have. It's far more important to get out the door and do work rather than skip it because you feel like the work is too much. Okay. Any miles are better than no miles when it comes to your long run and optimally you'll do all of that work. Um, Cool. So those are our workouts for the week. This week, I also want to talk a little bit more about easy running. I talked about this, I think, in week one or week two, but I just want to reiterate some of the basic concepts around easy running. Easy running is the foundation of this base building program. In fact, it's the foundation of all running programs. More miles are run easy than are run hard and fast. 
in a well-planned out, well-executed, scientifically-based program. You want to be maximizing the miles that you run in an aerobic fashion. Now, maximizing means doing what you can do for your schedule and your life, balancing um, the work you're doing with this program and the life stresses that you have generally. If you find that your easy runs just get harder and harder and harder, then you're probably running too fast. Okay? Pay attention to what's going on on your easy runs. And what does easy mean? Can you start to create a gradation or a, a level of grade between a 50% effort or 60% effort or 70% effort, 80% effort? You'll hear these terms in other programs called rate of perceived exertion or RPE. That just means what effort do you feel like your body is going at in order to hold the pace that you're running at that point. RPE is sometimes frowned upon by training systems because people feel like it's too subjective. Well, my argument is the entire experience of running is subjective. Each decision you make when you're running, whether running easy or hard, fast or slow, is going to be filtered through your experience of what it feels like. So the there's no way as an operating, functioning human being to be devoid of subjective experience. That would make you either a robot or dead. Um, and I argue you probably even dead, you have some sort of subjective experience, assuming there is another, um, another phase we go to after this one, which is another topic altogether, right? But so your subjective experience is going to be a part of this process of training no matter what. So when you hear systems talk about not paying so much attention to your perceived exertion, what I think they're doing is they're just creating only a data-driven, numbers-driven experience of training, like what your pace per mile is um, and what, you, what your cadence is. And you're, you're much better to finely tune and hone your, the idea of perceived exertion or what effort you're putting out. I usually suggest using a 100% scale. Um, you probably never get to the number 100, and your easy running is probably always somewhere above a 50%. So that's just because basal metabolic movement, living, waking up, breathing, living, doing no activity, we'll just say creates a 50% effort scale, okay? And then from there, you're just adding levels of effort from 50 to 100, 100 being all out, um, 75 being somewhere between, Okay. Now, everybody's rate of perceived exertion is different. There's no way to calibrate effectively everybody's levels. We all have different pain thresholds. We all have different experience levels. We all have different um, subjective ways of, ways of monitoring and inputting subjective experience. This is the art that happens with the sport of running and not necessarily the science. However, I argue that this art and the science are happening always at the same time. And that the science is purely and simply a methods and mean to minimize the number of variables that you pay attention to, to optimize conditions that you can predict the experience you'll be having later. All of which basically sounds like magic to me, but we've accepted science as our modus operandi in this current space we're in, and so we'll use it. And so, yes, we'll pay attention to paces, we'll pay attention to distances, we'll pay attention to cadences as it plays out in your training. But the most important, critical, most essential part of what you're doing when you're running is to start to get an idea of what's going on with your body. Pay 
attention. So fine-tune your easy running now. Fine-tune it to a level of grade that you can pay attention to. And using your hill run this week is a great way for you to figure out where your efforts are. How much effort is it to run up the hill? What is that percentage? How much effort is it to run down the hill? What is that percentage based on easy? How much effort is it for you to do your straights and curves? What effort level is your curve? What effort level is your straightaway? Start to try to categorize them. Put them into little data buckets of 50% effort, 75% effort, 90% effort, 85% effort. Where is it? It's subjective, folks. You don't have to worry. You're not going to get this wrong. Um, And you're not going to get it right. You're just sensing. You're just paying attention. You're allowing your body to have a sensory experience and to track it and get an idea of where it's taking you and what it is. Okay? Do the same thing on your long run. You may notice if you're stretching your long run out in those two additional miles that you might be doing this week that the last two miles are harder. So what is hard about it? Because you're running at easy paces. So what changed it? So what makes the effort level go up and what effort level is that? Now, I know that this can seem a little daunting and maybe overwhelming. But listen, we pay attention to our bodies all the time. We're always paying attention. So continue to pay attention. Invest in the paying of attention. Intend to pay attention. It will make all the difference in this program. From now on, throughout the rest of this program, I'm going to be assuming that you're in a place where you understand easy running. You understand easy running from the perspective of effort in terms of how much effort you're putting out and also that you're intending and pay, to pay attention to what's going on with your body. Okay, I'm going to assume from this point forward that these are aspects of your training that you're going to be paying attention to. This is not discussed in most programs. Most programs just say, do your paces, do your work, do your distance. But I'm telling you, you are co-creating with me in this program your own fitness. I can't do it for you. I can only guide you. You're the one who does the work. So let's do it together. Co-create the kind of space necessary for you to improve your fitness so you can be fit enough to train at the end of this program. Thanks, guys. I'll talk to you next week.